You have to own the personal disciplines of your personal life daily. If I'm not taking care of my personal self daily, then I can't possibly take care of my team. I'm gonna be a little disheveled. I'm gonna be a little disorganized. And so own it daily kind of encompasses clarifying the win, executing the win, celebrating and evaluating your performance and your people and your numbers. It's refusing to be offended. It's using the simple, direct, respectful communication. It's removing issues daily. All of the own it daily comes into one line called success loves discipline. Welcome to the podcast, Justin. I am really excited that you're here today. Do you want to just um, give us a brief intro of how you got involved in your work and then what you do now for your clients? Yeah, so I was, I've always been like an athlete and kind of as I got out of college, I played a little college basketball. So I've always been a coach personality and just had, I think, entrepreneurship in my genes because when I was 23, I'm a, I retired early from college And so I went into Edward Jones. They offered me an opportunity to pick an office anywhere in the country. And I kind of cut my teeth on really building relationships with high performing individuals that had a lot of wealth. And I just had a blast building relationships, but I'd rather have a case of gout than actually do portfolio reviews. And after I left Edward Jones, they'd offered me limited partnership. I went into my brother and I started a character and leadership youth mentoring program. And it just exploded. We went from, I think, five volunteers to 300 coaches going into public schools, impacting 3000 students a week. And we we were teaching five core values. So I was a business guy of that nonprofit. My brother was the curriculum and the coach, the head coach leading the students and the coaches. And that's when I just realized, man, I had a passion to build team. And about seven years into launching that nonprofit called Five Star Life, I just knew I had to get back into the marketplace. And so I started my own leadership training company in uh, 2012 called Entree Legacy Group. So that's how I got here. And what I do on a daily basis, any given day, I'm working with 20 to 30 different leadership teams and I'm helping them implement the entrepreneurial operating system. I've been doing a lot of keynote speaking. I'm just passionate about teams and I'm passionate about growing things. Awesome. Yeah, that's a great background. That's really cool that you started that nonprofit and really found a passion for coaching people and uh, helping people and organizations grow. Absolutely. Awesome. So one of the things that Justin does that's really um, unique is he has the six practices for successful leaders. Do you want a quick run through what all seven are, and then we can dive deeper into them. Yeah, so uh, real quick, these seven practices of great leaders, it kind of came from, I'm I'm a really simple guy, Kirsten. So for me to grab a hold of something, it had to be simple, and it had to be repeatable, and it had to be actionable. So for me, the first three practices are what I would call blocking and tackling. Like it's just 
foundational practices every single team and every single individual needs to apply to their life or their business. So the first one is clarify the win. Whatever you're doing, you have to clarify what do you want. And obviously when I'm working with EOS, we have the vision traction organizer and there's really eight questions you have to answer. But at the end of the day, you got to clarify the win. What do you want? And once you know what you want, the second practice is you have to execute on the win. So many people are too busy doing a hundred different things and they're going like a quarter inch deep and they're not executing in the vein, in the activity that's actually going to get them a result. They're just busy and they don't know how to separate effective work from the, from the minutia. And so executing the win is huge. The third practice is celebrate and evaluate the win. So many teams are starving for their boss to recognize them or their, the department had to recognize their performance. So you got to yeah. celebrate those victories on the same side, on the other side of the coin though, celebrating and evaluating are two sides of that same coin. If you're a leader that does not know how to evaluate or you don't like confrontation or you're not willing to put the real numbers in front of people, you can't evaluate failure. And so for me, uh, winning or losing, I want to be evaluating performance. So those are the first three practices. And the last yeah. four, I think the last four, what I would call the emotional IQ practices or the mm. momentum building practices. And this is where you might have great goals, have great disciplines. Maybe you know how to look at the numbers and face reality, but you suck at dealing with people. And so these <laughs> last four practices... Oh. Are, are what I call the first, the fourth practice is USDR communication. Use simple, direct, respectful communication. Mm -hmm. And then if you're willing to be super direct and very respectful, then you need to also practice five is refuse to be offended. So many cultures are toxic because people get offended and a wedge gets built or a brick wall gets built between you and I, and now you're dead to me and I'm not yeah. willing to run through a brick wall for you because you've offended me and I have not gotten over that offense. Yeah. And offense over time erodes the relationship and it creates apathy and bitterness. And people don't understand offense is a toxic killer. It's the beginning mm -hmm. of a toxic culture. The sixth practice is pretty simple. Remove the ripple. Every company, every person, we have issues, whether they're personal relational issues or whether they're performance issues or whether they're process issues. But companies are ripe with issues because we're a bunch of people working together mm -hmm. and the best teams solve issues. And then lastly, probably my favorite practice is just recognizing you have to own it daily. The turtle wins the race. The, in that little book, the childhood book, the tortoise and mm -hmm. the hare. Uh -huh. The rabbit never yeah. wins because it's this methodical, disciplined, daily grinding. You've just got to own it daily. And so I, my, my line is success loves discipline. And if you don't love discipline, you will never find the success that you really want. So that kind of yeah. wraps up these seven practices of great leaders. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that you walked through those and dove a little bit deeper into 
they're meeting and what really makes them purposeful. What are some of those things that people struggle with when they're trying to walk through these seven different things? What are those hiccups that they first run into? So uh, the first thing I think a lot of leaders miss, I, I think that personal leadership, like my personal life and my business, uh, we had talked about this earlier, Kirsten, but you, you can't separate a human being. You can't be awesome in business and really suck in your personal life. If you're being authentic to yourself, you are who you are and it's going to catch up with you somewhere. You're going to have regrets. So I think one of the biggest, what would I say? The biggest misses of leaders is they don't have clarity as to what they really want. So that first practice is clarify the win, like literally establishing a life purpose, establishing a vision that lights you up personally. And then once you have that vision, you've got to articulate what is my company's vision? What, am I, what gets me lit up to show up to work every day and it's got to be bigger than your freaking product. Don't <laughs> hang your product as your vision. So where do you want to go? How do you want to get there? And Jim Collins calls it your big, hairy, audacious goal. I think Simon Sinek came out with this new book called The Infinite Game. And it's this idea, you, when you read Jim Collins and, and Simon Sinek, they're talking about this vision that is you never really achieve it because it's not a finite goal. It's infinite. It never is going to end. And so just personally for me, man, I want to bless people. I have six words that kind of articulate my purpose. So I want to bless people. I want to grow companies and I want to fund ministry. And the, the key that I want to say here, it doesn't matter, Kirsten, if you think my vision is awesome or not. I'm jacked about it. This is an internal thing for me. But what I do is I try to help people articulate what is it that you would wake up every day for the rest of your life running after. You've got to get clarity around why you exist. Your internal fire. What's, what's your why? So I help companies do that. Whether it's an individual or whether it's a business, we've got to help them articulate What's their why and what is their laser focused? We call it the purpose, cause, or passion, and then your niche. Mm -hmm. What's your niche, yep. what you can be best in the world at? Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a story about someone who has jumped from not really knowing their purpose to being like on fire about it? Obviously, you just somewhat said yours, but I think that'd be cool to hear. I, I, I can speak from me personally when I really grabbed a hold of what I'm going to commit the rest of my life to, it gave me laser focus as to, man, I do not want to miss many days where I'm not on mission. And so yeah. I give myself a lot of grace. There's a lot of error. There's a lot of mistakes, but I'm always holding on to, it's, a, it's like a filtering mechanism for me to make better decisions in terms of how I'm leading my team, the decisions we make of how we spend money, is this going to help me bless people? Is this going to help me grow the company? Is this going to help me fund ministry? And for me, it's you can tell when someone has a white hot vision they're excited about and when mm -hmm. someone is trying to create a vision statement that will impress people. Like yeah. One is going to resonate to your core and it's going to actually affect your decision making. The other Absolutely. one is just going to be weak. And even your team members are going to go, yeah, that sounds like corporate speak. <laughs> yeah, so, no, but you're so right. 
who wants to be a part of a, a leader's vision when it's just a bunch of corporate speak? Like that's not inspiring to me. And so there's, I don't know, I think it was Megan Almet wrote an article and there was these five things that drove people crazy about, oh, what's, drove them crazy about their leaders. And so I'm going to read these five things. It's, let me find it because I, I don't want to, I don't want to mess it up. No um, you're going to have to edit this. Here they are. Uh, so I already wrote so, down the number. Don't worry. <laughs> so here's the five things. Number one, my boss fails to inspire me. Number two, my boss accepts mediocrity. Number three, my boss lacks clear vision and direction. And number four, my boss is unable to collaborate and be a team player. And number five, my boss fails to walk the talk. Those five flaws that drive people crazy about their boss, I did some research when I was working with that after school program. And the number one reason high school students drop out of school their response was my teacher failed to inspire me. So you have the two number one reasons. In business, my boss fails to inspire me. In school, my teacher failed to inspire me. We have an inspiration gap that we are letting, yeah. letting our companies down, letting our team members down because we as leaders aren't articulating and aren't living, personally aren't living inspired. Like yeah. we don't have a vision that we're running after. And so it's a big deal. You got to have a vision and it's got to light you up. Yeah, that's a huge deal. I think especially having a personal vision too is really important in terms of being able to walk into whatever you're doing then and actually being passionate about it. I've heard that easily over 70% of the workplace is disengaged and that 70% of managers don't even know what their employees are doing simply because they lack that vision and lack that excitement and inspiration within the workplace. And it's, that's three out of Yeah. Three out of every four employees report that their boss is the worst and most stressful part of their job. This was a survey <laughs> done by Megan Almet on Inc. Magazine 75% of people that work in the workforce say that their boss is the worst and most stressful part of their job. And part of what I do with EOS is I'm trying to help bring health to that leadership team because as goes the leadership team, so goes the rest of the organization. And, and honestly, a lot of times leadership teams are more dysfunctional than functional and they're not trying to do that. They just don't have the right tools. They're missing. They have a few gaps. And so EOS and my passion is to help bridge some of those gaps to get clarity and get alignment and get us all running in the same direction. Yeah, absolutely. That's really important. And uh, like that quote is, I forget who said it, but you don't quit your job, you quit your manager. And yeah. because you're building healthy teams and healthy leadership teams for that matter, you're able to then actually have sustainable employment, sustainable excitement, sustainable vision and growth because of that's yeah. huge. But without vi uh, vision without execution is hallucination. Mm -hmm. And so as much as you and I have just talked about the importance of having vision, we both know some people that they're great dreamers. Like they have lots of vision, but there's no execution in their backbone. They have no daily routines, no disciplines, the team is dysfunctional because they're not accountable. They're not gaining traction. And it's because they don't have good processes and good work ethic backing that vision.
And so that's yeah. why practice two is execute on that win. And for, for me, I, I, this is just moment of truth here. So I was 36 years old and I just got certified with the John Maxwell team as a speaker, trainer, coach. And I honestly, I showed up late to one of my keynote talks. <laughs> oh no. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I have a procrastination issue. And this is after I achieved some level of success at Edward Jones. I helped launch this five-star nonprofit. And I'm 36 years old and I answered a Twitter message at 1, a, 1 a.m. And I bought a program how to overcome procrastination in 21 days because I wasn't executing. Mm -hmm. And so execute the win is there's so many teams. I, I think Kirsten, the, the, probably the, I have declared war on habitual mediocrity. I hammer this wherever I go is we're losing not because of major failures for the most part. We're losing because we have accepted habitual mediocrity. And habitual is just something you do naturally without thinking anymore. It's just a habit, right? Well, when your habit is mediocrity, as a leader, as a performer, as a person that gets things done, when you have a, a low bar of execution, you are not delivering your A game. And so execute the win is about rooting out some of that mediocrity and trying to instill some disciplines and some routines that level up your game as a person and level up your game as a team. So that's yeah. really what execute the win is all about. It's identifying what are those focused functions that I have to do and I have to stop doing a lot of other things. There's what a do you line. think is the, okay, Go ahead. what do you think is the hardest part for people to get over that hump? I have heard a lot of entrepreneurs that do 101 things a day and they're struggling to figure out the absolute focus of we need to go down this path. What are some of those um, hurdles, but then also some um, wins with that? Whatever you tolerate, you endorse. There's mm -hmm. a couple lines that, that I believe people, their lack of awareness in terms of what they're doing. So for me, I recognized, I was aware that I was procrastinating and I said, I have got to stop this. So it's the recognition that something's not working and then it's trying to pinpoint what is it? And so for me, what I did is I, I literally took a journal and I began tracking my reality. I started time tracking everything and I wanted to see the truth. Yeah. And I, be careful when you tell yourself that you want to see the truth <laughs> because execute the win. If you literally track your whole day and you do this for a month, you will see a lot of room for improvement. And so mm -hmm. I think that the biggest hurdle is people either are too busy to become really aware of what the truth is. But if, yeah. what does Jim Rohn say? When the pain to stay the same is greater than the pain to change, that's when you'll change. So as a leader, my, the pain of my mediocrity, the pain of my procrastination was so great that I'm like, man, I want so badly to get out of that mode. I want to be a different person. I did whatever yeah. it took to face the reality. So I started tracking my time in my mm -hmm. journal. I took that procrastination course and it said, you should create a daily agenda. And so literally I have probably 20, 25 books just like this 
that are filled with, and this is not embarrassing, it's a little anal. I'm just going to tell you that it's anal. <laughs> but I, have, I have journal entry after journal entry. You can see here on my little yeah. screen. I create a daily agenda and then I track my reality in real time throughout the day to see if I'm owning up to what I thought my best day was. So it's yeah. me just executing at the highest level on my good days. But that awareness, Kirsten, is, is how you get to the point of executing the win. You got to know where your time is going. Yeah, absolutely. That's huge and insightful. And I'm sure that was a harsh reality to face. And I'm sure that other people might be feeling like they need to do something similar to that, but are just nervous to start because it's going to be a harsh reality to face um, whether it's a personal or a professional concept I and that might be a barrier for people to even get started is yeah <laughs> shoot they're they're gonna be hitting the brick wall fast kind of thing and I do it from sun up to sundown so it's not just my work life it's my whole life Where's my time going? How much time do I spend surfing on the internet? How much time do I spend scrolling social media? How much time do I spend watching movies? How much time do I spend doing other people's work? Like during the workday, so many managers are saying they're overwhelmed and overloaded. A lot of times if they actually track their time, it's because they're doing somebody else's job and they've been unwilling to hold them accountable. So part of Execute yeah. the Win is, you got to first master yourself and your performance before you can really start needling in and helping other people own up to their responsibilities. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really a really important thing too, is you first have to grow personally and really niche that down before you can spread that to the rest of your organization. Just like an EOS, you have to work on the initial team first and even yourself sometimes. And really say, is this actually in my capabilities um, before you can spread it to the other parts of the organization? I, I have a couple business owners and I'm working with their leadership teams. And the, the owner said, listen, Justin, this is going to be harder on me than probably anybody else. Cause I am, I know where I'm dysfunctional and that's why I need EOS to come in. And so yeah. that, that's me coaching them and trying to help them navigate themselves and then helping implement with the team. There's so many book of the month fads where mm -hmm. a leader throws a book to their team, but the leader doesn't own the book, doesn't master the tools in the book themselves. They just want the team to do it. None of that stuff works. It, it only goes, yeah, yeah uh, monkey see, monkey do. And so th those, that leadership team has to master those tools before they can really have transformative impact in the rest of the organization. Yeah, that's, really insightful too. I, I agree with you. The book of the month thing is something that all organizations struggle with and everyone has done it at least once. That's a thing. It's not like only one person is doing it in the world. It's pretty much everyone does. Um, and it, that's impactful. It, there's a difference though, between like events challenge people, process changes people. So you need to put new content in you. If you're going to break through the ceiling personally, it's good to take in new content, but process is what changes people. And so right now I'm on a personal journey where I'm going to learn social media and I'm going to, I'm going to get to a level of mastery because I, there's some vision, there's some dreams that I have that's going to require me to build a larger platform, but I'm personally going through that journey and I'm learning some of those skills 
but the process is what's going to change me. So right now I'm in information gathering mode and I'm about to go to another mode, which is what are the processes I need to put into place that will change the trajectory of all the results that I want. And so That's you got to put yourself in front of new content, but execute the win is really about building the processes that change the results. Absolutely. Absolutely. And going back to that seventh part of the seven steps for success is just owning it daily. I think that walks right into the information and the process of both sides of that. I think that you do have to take it information initially, but then it's not just information seeking. It's also then let's execute this and be um, the best we can be through this learning for sure. Yeah. And, and when you think about this emotional IQ side, there's so many businesses where you know, it's numbers and they'll put numbers before people. And I'm sitting here going, no, man, mm -hmm. if you really want to have legacy building success, you've got to put the, the business strategy equal to the people strategy. And I learned this from Bob Chapman. And he said, Justin, he goes, Bob Chapman is the probably, I think, ranked like the number three CEO in the world, but I brought Bob Chapman into my, I run this big leadership event um, called Lead USA. And he, he wrote a book called Everybody Matters, The Extraordinary Power of Treating Your People Like Family. And Bob said, Justin, he goes, we just have to care. And so when I talk about own it daily, what I mean is you have to own the numbers of your business daily you have to own the leadership of your business daily. You have to own the culture of your business daily. And for me, it has been a, I, I literally, I created water bottles. I created a t-shirt for myself. I created a journal and it all says success loves discipline because everybody has these one-liners that remind you of who you want to be. And so daily, I have this it's a little embarrassing, but part of Own It Daily is you have to put truth in front of you daily. And so I have this tool called my War Tracker. It's my weekly action register, and I track disciplines daily. And this, is, this sounds a little um, anal, but because I'm a a visionary idea guy and I'm highly relational, it's easy for me to say, I don't need to own this daily. I got energy and I've got great, I'm great with relationships, but I have to face my own reality. So I have like, these are personal healthy disciplines for me to be a great leader. I've got to, you know, read my Bible 10 minutes a day, six days a week. I've got to have a daily agenda created first thing in the morning, six days a week. I have exercise four days a week, sleep seven hours a day, six days a week. All those disciplines, Kirsten, if I'm off, then I can't bring my A game. And so own it daily is yeah. about trying to, what's the difference between a casual athlete and an Olympic athlete? It's their daily agenda. John Maxwell says the secret to your success is found in your daily agenda. And so the people that really want to win they build a routine around their day that is like an Olympic athlete and success yeah. loves discipline. And so I have fallen in love with discipline and I know the long-term end game is I'm going to have ridiculous success because I'm owning things daily. And when I don't own them daily, I know that I took a step back. 
Yeah. And so that war tracker for me and my daily agenda, all of that stuff is what really helps me stay focused and execute. And that's what I love helping my teams do. Yeah. So if someone is listening to this right now and feels like they need to do this or they need to just start, where should they start if they if this feels very overwhelming and initially a lot is overwhelming, even to start working out can be overwhelming from mm-hmm. a personal perspective or starting a new job or starting an EOS track. What would be the first step you would recommend them to take to just start improving their life and, and start proving their personal and professional growth? That's, that's a really good question. And I'm going to give you a snowflake answer. So, <laughs> uh, meaning... I don't know where your pain point is. So if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I got to take a step. Number one, give yourself some grace. Do not beat yourself up, but just decide where do you want to win most? Like where are you most frustrated with your own performance? And you need to identify what's the gap? Like where are you today and where do you want to be? And what are you most hungry to achieve? You've I don't want to just say there's 29 areas that I suck at. And so let's work on all 29. I'm going to say I could care. I suck at golf, Kirsten. I suck at golf. (laughs) And I never am going to get good at golf because I don't care about that. So you got to pick your battles. So I picked procrastination back 10 years ago because that was my greatest pain point. That was what was limiting me. So to answer your question, whoever's listening, if you want to take a step, Where do you most want to win? Where are you most freaking tired about your own performance or your team's performance and laser focus on a few, one or two things? And what do you need to do to improve that area? For me, it was a daily agenda. If I could master my daily agenda and get up every morning and write that baby out, my odds of success, I, I promise you, I'm probably 30 to 40% more productive every day that I have a daily agenda. Still to yeah. this day, after 10 years. Mm-hmm. So you just got to figure out where do you want to win? And then you start determining what's the, what's the habit that I need to embed? What's the learning that I need to have? Where do I want to grow? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you're a testimony of the, you just have to continue doing it too. I think some people are looking for that one-stop shop where everything gets fixed and (laughs) it doesn't exist. Uh, I hate to break it to you. It's somewhat, you want to be healthy and there's quite a few steps that you need to take, but then you have to be consistent with it, whether it's exercising or eating healthy or getting your vegetables in or taking your vitamin. Problems can't just be fixed by an aspirin. It needs to actually have some significant growth and impact and work into it. Absolutely. You can't have discipline for two days and expect to lose all the weight you want to lose. Mm -hmm. You've got to be, you've got to own your crap daily. You've got to own it. Mm -hmm. So what are the disciplines you need every day to long-term sustain the kind of results that you're going to look back and have no regrets? How do you eliminate habitual mediocrity? So you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, what a freaking awesome life. My team is rocking it because we owned it daily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say to the people who are the managers that are starting this up and then also want to spread it to their team, but their team is struggling to really grab a hold of what they should be doing or how they should be doing this or aren't totally sold on it? What are your thoughts about that? 
I would say become obsessed with your personal disciplines, your personal performance. Let your actions speak louder than your words. Like you need to become a ferocious beast of a performer. And if you're leading that team, once you've really dialed yourself in, then you need to learn how to build systems to help your team win and get really comfortable. Just like I told you, I had to face my reality. I'm looking at my truth. If you're a leader, you've got to help your team look at their reality. You've got to put, you've got to, you've got to help them celebrate and evaluate their performance. You're going to have, to have difficult conversations, but do it in a, a simple, direct, respectful way. But you got to make every, make sure everybody knows here's the bar and this is where our performance is. And we guys, we got to figure out a way. So you got to build some systems. Obviously EOS is a great tool, but there's thousands, there's probably hundreds of thousands of systems if you're a manager, you've got to find a system because you need personal systems, but your team to really sustain success, they need some systems. They need some, some route disciplines and they need to see reality. And I'm going to say on a weekly basis, you should be meeting to show reality, to solve issues and to own some of those disciplines. Yeah. That, I think that's important too, that you're actually meeting with them rather than just saying that you're going to do these things and um, not really having that follow through. <laughs> you can't do it without having those hard conversations about where yeah. they're at, what they're struggling with and how they can go forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So Justin, if anyone wants to um, have a deeper conversation with you about how they can start getting on this road to not only growing professionally, but personally, where can you be reached? So you can email me, justin at justinmost.com. You can friend request me on LinkedIn. And my cell phone number is what most people use is 574-596-6957. Let me know if I can help. Awesome. Cool. Do you have any last words before we leave this space today? Yeah. Whatever you tolerate, you endorse. Just literally freaking look at your life, look at your team, look at your company. What are you tolerating that you no longer want to tolerate? I just, if I could say anything is, if you really wanna win, you've gotta face reality. I think John Maxwell is the one that taught me, he said, Justin, everything great is uphill everything great is uphill. And so there's no easy road. There's no quick fixes. You're just going to have to own it and fall in love with discipline. But you got to first get to the point of, I'm tired of tolerating this level of performance in my life or in my team's life. You just got to get to a point where you want to break through the ceiling. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much, Justin, for being a part of this today. I am sure learned a lot and I know our listeners will too. Kirsten, you're awesome. Congratulations on doing this thing. I loved your questions. It was fun doing life with you for about a 45-minute deal. Thank you. Awesome. This podcast is proudly produced by Waypoint. What is Waypoint? Well, if you want to coach your team and not manage them, then Waypoint is worth checking out. Head over to waypointhq.com to learn more or email me directly, mike at waypointhq.com, 
and I'll demo it for you myself. Thanks for listening.